Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's been a great concert season so far, but I cannot wait for Tedeschi Trucks to be here at the Kettle House Amphitheater. Welcome back, everybody. Nuana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? It was the Montana Football Hour. Went over some of the most interesting storylines for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies with fall camp opening within the week. We also heard from Kealili Ayat, the class of 2023 quarterback from the Big Island, Hawaii, son of Brian Ayat, joined us. And uh, we also talked some Eastern Washington football. We're going to keep talking Eastern here in just a few minutes. You can catch all that on the podcast, probably presented by the M Store the Advocates, Sportsbet Montana, and the MSU Bookstore. The sad news of the weekend is the passing of Bill Russell. And I think that those that study NBA history, those that study civil rights history, those that study the history of sport in America, particularly in the 20th century, all know about the importance and greatness of Bill Russell. Yet Bill Russell himself was so humble and so steady and steadfast in his beliefs that somehow, some way, even though Bill Russell is inarguably one of the greatest players in the history of the National Basketball Association, inarguably one of the greatest and most successful team sport athletes in the history of America... And I would say unquestionably one of the great Americans of all time. He's still somehow kind of underrated. He's not on the tip of your tongue, even though he absolutely should be. And I've always found that fascinating. I, I found it fascinating that there's... Part of Michael Jordan's reputation as the greatest basketball player of all time is earned. And part of it is from the machine. 
it's from the marketing that was behind his name. Michael Jordan is the greatest persona in sports history, and I think that's undeniable. He's also an absolutely outstanding basketball player. There's no question about it. But I always thought there should be more of an argument for Bill Russell. How can you possibly be better than winning multiple high school state championships, multiple NCAA championships, and 11 NBA championships in 13 years. And, oh, by the way, he also won a gold medal as well. There is no more decorated resume ever than Bill Russell. There's no arguing that. You can argue his greatness, his standing in the history of professional hoops and professional sports. But it is without question that Bill Russell is the greatest team sports athlete that's ever... He's the most accomplished. He's the most decorated. He is the most winning ever. The, the, the stats, I mean, the, the banners, the rings, it's, the proof is in the pudding. So I wanted to share to get our number two started off. Uh, just a couple thoughts from a great Twitter thread by Michael Harriet, who's a prominent uh, African-American writer and uh, a guy who is a big-time advocate for the legend and reputation of Bill Russell. He said, here's my two favorite stories about Bill Russell. This is actually from 2020. By the way, Bill Russell passed at the age of 88 over the weekend. So this is from a couple years ago. Michael Harriet says, these are my two favorite stories about Bill Russell. Both stories reveal how much of a humble human being he is, and one blows my mind because it dismantles what we think about the evolution of sports. He goes on to say, there's an assumption that today's athletes are faster, stronger, etc., but there's zero evidence of that. For instance, Wilt Chamberlain once benched 465 pounds at 59 years old. Arnold Schwarzenegger says he benched 500 pounds on, a, on the set of Conan the Destroyer. Most basketball experts estimate that Wilt Chamberlain had the highest vertical leap in NBA history. A few others argue that Michael Jordan did. I think they're both wrong. Let me tell you why. In 1956, Bill Russell was selected for the United States Olympic basketball team. During this time, pros weren't allowed in the Olympics, so the International Olympic Committee tried to say that Russell wasn't eligible since he had already signed with the Celtics, even though he hadn't played a game yet. Luckily, Russell prevailed and led the United States to a gold medal as the captain. But what if they would have stopped Russell from playing U.S. basketball? Guess what? He still would have been in the Olympics. Bill Russell is one of the greatest high jumpers ever in the history of the world. Excuse me. Remember, Russell had won two NCAA basketball championships in 1955 and 1956 while competing at the University of San Francisco. USF did not have a track team. When they got the track team back, Russell asked the track coach if he could come out for some fun. He told the track coach that basketball had sort of worn out his legs, so they had to come to a deal. Bill Russell didn't want to practice. He only wanted to come to track meets to high jump. So at his first track meet, Bill Russell goes out to compete against some of the best high jumpers in the world. At this time, you're not high jumping onto the mat. There's no air, there's no air mat there for you to land on. The Fosbury flop had not been created. So you're basically like side, they called it the straddle roll. You're basically side hurdling the bar and you're landing like on your side or on the ground, on your hand, whatever. Russell's primary 
opponent in this inaugural meet was, in quotes, Johnny. Johnny had previously high jumped six foot five, and they'd been competing together since high school. The technique didn't even exist when Russell had last competed, yet Russell still beat him and continued to move the school record forward. After Russell had gotten the bar to six foot ten, everybody at the track meet gathered round and they realized that no one in the history of the world at this exact moment had ever high jumped seven feet. The officials said, wait, if you're going to break the world record, we need to measure the heights instead of just using the notches. Bill Russell had already won, and he didn't want to get more basketball injury, so he walked away from it. This is all to come back around and say that Bill Russell, once upon a time, then went back to compete once he had felt more healthy and high jumped Seven foot one, and he held the world record for a moment in time. <laughs> this all goes back to then talk about the humility of Bill Russell. This is like a 40 tweet thread, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this all goes back to reveal the humbleness of Russell. Why? Because Bill Russell refused to call himself a Hall of Famer for 45 years, although he was a first ballot Hall of Famer upon uh, his retirement and subsequent time period. He did not start wearing his Hall of Fame ring until 2019 because in 2019 Chuck Cooper was finally elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame that's when Bill Russell decided to wear his ring now Chuck Cooper and Bill Russell did not play together Chuck Cooper only averaged 6 points per game in the NBA they are not related in any way still until Cooper was in the Hall of Fame Russell believed he could not be he believed this because Chuck Cooper was the first black man ever drafted into the NBA. Bill Russell didn't want to wear his Hall of Fame ring until he had honored his ancestor, had honored the man who came before him, had honored the man who kicked down the door for him and allowed him to become, again, indisputably, the greatest champion in the history of team sports in America. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Bill Russell... Passed away over the weekend at the age of 88. Uh, I want to keep doing a blind side, even though we haven't even started one, but I have uh, an Eastern Washington question for you to start off uh, this blind side. Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, he has a good story up on SkylineSportsMT.com about uh, Eastern Washington and life after Eric Berrier. One of the uh, social media interactions on it mentions Eastern Washington's schedule. Here is Eastern Washington's schedule this year. Tennessee State comes to Cheney September 3rd. The Eags are then at Oregon. Montana State, the conference opener on September 24th. Then Eastern's at Florida. At Weber State, they host Sac State. So that's the gauntlet. That's the six-game opener. Then it relatively eases up with a game at Cal Poly, Portland State, and Cheney at Idaho. Then they got at Montana, and they got Northern Colorado. So they do have probably four pretty certain wins on their schedule, including uh, three of those at home. Tennessee State in Cheney, probably. Portland State in Cheney, probably. Northern Colorado in Cheney, probably. And then I'm also looking at the at Cal Poly. So you're thinking they got four there. The rest of these games, though, are uphill sledding. But it's that first six that I think is going to define Eastern Washington season, including at Oregon, Montana State at home, at Florida, at Weber State, Sac State. So, Andrew, what is the over-under for wins during that first six games that Eastern needs to get to? Not what I think the you, what, not what you think they'll get to. What's the over-under for what they need to get to 
to not completely torpedo their season and or their playoff chances? Three. So they need to split. I think so, yeah. So that basically means that you absolutely have to beat Tennessee State, right? And then you need to go... Two and one in those conference games. Two and one against Montana State at Weber and Sack coming to your house. That's right. And there's a there's a razor thin rope, you know, line to do that because three of those games are at home, right? For sure. So they could they could do it. I mean, they could. It's possible. The fact that Montana State and Sac State go to Cheney is advantage Eastern Washington for sure. Um, man, what if, is there a world, I, I, as you said, you, you stated it well, Hunter Talkington's Gunner Talkington. I don't know why I keep calling him Hunter Gunner Talkington has been in the program for a while. He was recruited to play at Eastern Washington. And if you're recruited to play quarterback at Eastern Washington, you're usually pretty good. I mean, they've had seven different guys win big sky MVP since 2002, to, to the tune of 11 of those awards because they've had multiple, multiple-time winners. I mean, Eric Meyer, Matt Nichols, Vernon Adams, and Eric Berry were all multiple-time Big Sky Conference Offensive Players of the Year. How good could Eastern Washington be this year if Hunter Talkington is... Gunner Talkington is the next one of those guys. Pretty good. I, you know, I think they can be pretty good in the way that they were last year, but a lot rests on Gunner Talkington because I think... You know, that defense is going to be probably about as good as they've been in the last couple of years, and they've got some good players on that defense. But I think that that defense is really too leaky still this season to keep them in games unless you have a, a really good offense. And I think that that's worked for Eastern Washington. I mean, it has for a long, long time, not just under Aaron Best, but certainly under Aaron Best and with Eric Berrier at quarterback. That has been the recipe for Eastern Washington. The defense struggles to get stops. It doesn't matter because the offense is not going to be stopped. And I think that I think the defense will be fine. I don't think the defense is going to win them any games this year. Yeah, it's a good point. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. It's so crazy what the standard both internally and externally at quarterback has been at Eastern. Because you talk about... You know, from Josh Blankenship through Eric Meyer and Matt Nichols in the 2000s, Bo Levi Mitchell and Vernon Adams in the early 2010s. I remember when Jordan West was the starting quarterback in the post-Vernon Adams first season. And he goes out and throws for like 410 yards and six touchdowns against Montana State in a non-conference game, 55-51, the final score. And then later on in that season, Jordan West became not good enough, and he's the only guy that really ever fell out of favor there at Eastern and got benched. I know Kyle Padron, the SMU transfer, he and Vernon Adams split time before then Vernon Adams just kind of exploded and then never gave the job back. But I remember watching Jordan West in that game against the Cats and then following along and seeing that he got benched later in the year and thinking to myself, man, they have such a high standard for quarterbacks because that dude would be so good pretty much everywhere. Dakota Prukab was in the league at that moment, and so he wouldn't have started at Montana State. And actually, Jordan Johnson was in the league at that moment. No, I guess that would have been the year after Jordan Johnson. So, I mean, Jordan West could have come to Missoula and started, no question, and he definitely would have started at, you know, the Idaho States and North Dakotas of the world. And so I just remember thinking just how how high their standard 
really was. But I do think your story is so on point because uh, we talk about question marks all the time. And Jay Hill, Weaver State's head coach, is the one that consistently reminds everybody in the media, guess what, guys? Like, that's what college football is all about. Every team graduates 15 to 20 seniors every single year. Who's going to be the guy you haven't heard of that steps up? It is true. That said, this is an absolutely true question mark because Aaron Best has never coached a game in which Eric Berrier wasn't his quarterback. And when that's your dude and that's the least of your your worries, that's a pretty good place to start. That's absolutely right, and that's why it's so fascinating going into this season. And that's why that ended up being sort of the first dispatch from the Big Sky kickoff that I ended up writing about for Skyline Sports is because it just it grabs hold of your mind. I mean, what is this team going to do? But I think I have always appreciated and I've always liked the way that Aaron Best has sort of handled having Eric Barrier on his team. Aaron Best has consistently said uh, to us, to other media, you know, in public, I think Eric Berry is the best quarterback in the country. I think everybody should be voting for him for the Walter Payton Award, which a lot of coaches would never touch. He's for like, sure. yeah, my guy's the best. He said the best player in the United States of America. He would even call himself out and be like, I'm here to tell you guys again that we have the best player in the country. That's absolutely right. And the thing is, I know that Aaron, Aaron Best is an abrasive guy, it, it, just in terms of He's he's in your face. He's very intense. He, you know, he 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 when he talks a lot. He talks with a lot of confidence. He talks a lot of smack. He he loves it. But it, it and I, I do think that takes away from his his coaching ability sometimes in our analysis of it. Right. To be able to proclaim that you have the best player in the United States of America and to have everybody on your team be like absolutely coach is right. That's really good coaching. I mean, that's what—that's the art of head coaching right there in a nutshell. When everybody knows who your leader and your star is, they all agree on it, you got a good organization. Well, and it was the same thing at the Big Sky kickoff. I mean, he didn't shy away from it. He said, you know— He we, was ready to roll. He talked to me about it, too. We lost some special players, and he caught himself. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Probably one more special than the others, Eric Berry, which is just true and also something that not yeah. a lot of other coaches would say. Totally. But then he went on into it. I mean— there is such motivation there. Uh, there's probably a little bit of indignance there that everybody has been talking about Eric Berrier at Eastern Washington for so long, and the question around them has been for so long. They've been winning games, but like, how good a coach and how good of a program do you really have to have to win games with Eric Berrier? Right. And now he gets a chance to see, and he gets a chance to show all of us what that program is going to be without him. And to us in the media who are looking at this from the outside, it's a huge question mark, right? It's always sure. talked about. It's the way you frame it. Sure. To the people in the program and and admitting the way he did that Eric Berry is a, is a great player. Sure. One of the greatest players in conference history. Yeah. But to people in the program, it's just a challenge. For sure. And they they believe of course, that they have the uh, the skills and the built-up culture and the built-up talent on that roster to surmount that challenge. We're the ones asking questions about it. Eastern Washington, it doesn't matter. Great point. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Andrew Houghton, our producer, on the other side of the glass, joining us here on the radio and on the TV and on the ESPN Montana app. Uh, a follow-up on Bill Russell. This is from the uh, story that ran in papers across the United States but also ran in the Missoulian here this morning. This is a passage about 
other pioneers in the sport as well. It was Jackie, in the world of sports, I should say. It was Jackie Robinson who gave Russell a roadmap for dealing with racism in his sport. Russell said, Jackie was a hero to us. He always conducted himself as a man. He showed me the way to be a man in professional sports. The feeling was mutual, Russell learned, when Robinson's widow, Rachel, called and asked Russell to be a pallbearer in her husband's funeral in 1972. Quote, she hung up the phone and I asked myself, how do I get to be a hero of Jackie Robinson? I was just so flattered. What a great antidote. Um, Bill Russell passes away at the age of 88. We're kind of up against it. We had some champions in the world of baseball uh, in the American Legion uh, realm. The Billings Royals won their first Class AA state championship since 2018, and they snapped a historic run by the Helena Senators. Lance Schaff, who was the pitcher in the victory, a 4-3 victory by the Royals over Helena on Sunday, he was also named the state tournament MVP. Over the state tournament, he had a 2-0 record with a 1.93 ERA, 14 strikeouts, and just a single walk. But his victory in that final game, a huge one, helping the top-seeded Royals clinch that 4-3 win, their first American Legion AA championship since 2018. The Royals finish the Montana part of their schedule 37-23, and and the victory sends them to the Northwest Regional Tournament, which begins Wednesday, just a couple days from now, in Gillette, Wyoming. The Royals will face off against the Gillette Riders. That's the host team there in the first round. This also ends a phenomenal run for the Senators. The Senators finished this season 47-14. and They had a 20-game winning streak at one point during this year. And this also is the, I don't, I'm not going to say the end of, because they, they could still keep this going, but this has been a remarkable three-day or three-year run for the Senators. They've played on the final day of the AA tournament three years in a row. They were a, the champion last season, and that was their first championship in 18 years. My heart hurts for the seniors, said Helena coach John Burnett. It's been quite a run, and we're excited for the young guys we have, but this was a special group, a historic group. For our program. But the celebration, the victors, the Billings Royals, they lost the state championship a year ago, and then they punched their ticket to the regional later on this week. Lance Schaff, who is the MVP of that AA tournament of the Billings Royals, a right-handed pitcher, will be our guest next. He'll join us here on Nuanas Now. Don't change the channel. It's ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. 
mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television or the new ESPN Montana app. If you don't have the app, go get it in your life. Great way to follow along to a variety of different sports, including this show, both live and archive. Great way to follow along for Grizz Hockey, which don't look now, but the season right around the corner. Grizz Hockey season tickets are on sale. And uh, the season, which is going to include a whole bunch of home games and a whole bunch of action here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN Montana app. Just It begins in September, so it's just on the horizon. We'll also have some Grizzly Cross for you as well. It's time now for Prep Extra, presented by Farmers State Bank. Over the weekend, the American Legion baseball season came to a conclusion. The Billings Royals, the State AA American Legion baseball champions, the Butte Miners, the uh, State A champions, for the smaller classification of American Legion. This week's Prep Exer is presented by Farmer State Bank. Bank like a local. Montana native or just putting down roots, Farmer State Bank will make you feel at home. Farmer State Bank has been helping Montanans succeed since 1907. We go down to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in the recently named MVP of the American Legion AA tournament, Lance Schaff of the Billings Royals, a right-handed pitcher who was the victor of the game on Sunday, Lance, am I saying your last name right? Schaff, is, are we getting this right? Yeah, it's Schaff. Very good. Well, good. Just making sure we nailed that one. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Yeah, Thanks so much for joining us. But just take us through it. I mean, the Royals last year fell short against the Helena Centers in the championship. This year, a 4-3 victory. Oh, by the way, your twin brother was the guy who scored the go-ahead run. But just take us through the emotion of it. When you got that 4-3 victory clinched and you know you're the state champions, what was the emotions like? Uh, yeah. You know, it's awesome. I always say, like, uh, the last out in, like, a baseball game is always the the best feeling. And, you know, when we got that last out, there's just pure joy from everyone. And, yeah, it's, it's just it's so great. The, the memories will live on forever. So you're sitting there tied in the bottom of the fifth, and uh, then your twin brother, Austin, uh, leads uh-huh. off the inning with a single. And then a couple uh, minutes later, he, he comes around and scores what is the go-ahead run. So, first of all, from a pitching perspective, what's it like pitching in a game when it is kind of back and forth? You're fivings into it. You, you're doing your work, but it's a tight, tense affair. The, the state championship's on the line. So what was sort of your mentality as a pitcher as you're going through uh, when, it was, when it was such a back and forth affair? Yeah, you know, it was just uh, I was just going to make sure, like, I just kept doing my job out there. I didn't want to give him any free stuff. Um, yeah, and then it got tied there, and I was like, "All right, um, you know, if we get one more, I gotta, I gotta go out, and we gotta win this game." Because, I mean, he just, we didn't want to go to a game two or anything. 
is how to buckle down. How are you able to buckle down? When your brother scores the go-ahead run, then what's going through your mind? And how are you able to kind of lock in and, and uh, keep Helen off the board in the sixth and seventh innings? Yeah, um, I just knew uh, in those innings leading up to it, I was finding a couple other pitches. And I just knew in the sixth and seventh, like, I was just going to be able to get some weak contact and the pitches were working. And, yeah, that's what happened. Lance Schaaf joining us. He is the MVP of the State AA Legion Baseball Tournament, the Billings Royals, the victors. And Lance, how much did last year, the, the coming up short against this same Helena team, how much did that motivate you guys coming into this year as the Royals? Yeah, uh, def- it was uh, definitely some motivation. I wouldn't say, uh, there's, I mean, yeah, we want to beat Helena, but... Uh, we don't really have anything against them. We were just, like, motivated just to go out and win it this year. It was fun. We got to see Helena twice again just to, like, uh, leave no doubt this year. And, yeah, it was it was just – it was really special this year. Uh, yeah, especially after last year. Well, pretty cool, too. Not only did your, your twin brother score the go-ahead run in the championship, he also was the top mm-hmm. hitter in the uh, the state tournament this last weekend – yeah. Hit 600, 9 for 15 over five games. That's pretty dang good. So uh, the yeah. Shaft Twins kind of sweeping the offensive and defensive awards. Just That was probably cool for you, though, to see that out of your brother. Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. I mean, he deserves it so much. Um, every morning uh, he was out putting work in, hitting off the tee, all that. Um, he just, every time he went up to bat, I was like, we're getting some something out of him here. And that's what he did. He's just he's just a great player. Lance Shaft joining us here on Nuanas now, a Southpaw who threw a complete game on Sunday to help the Billings Royals secure the state AA American Legion baseball championship. Shaft on Sunday, three runs on seven hits, four strikeouts and a single walk. That was his stat line. He also was the tournament's MVP with a 2-0 record, a 1.93 ERA, 14 strikeouts, and just a single walk. And, Lance, now here you are with more baseball to play. The first goal is accomplished. You're the state champions. But now you guys get to go to the Northwest Regional Tournament, head to Gillette, Wyoming, later this week. And you got to play the home team, the host Gillette Riders, in the first round on Wednesday what do you think overall of just this upcoming trip, and what do you think of being on now even a bigger stage beyond the state level, now on the regional level? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's just going to be super cool. Last year we got to go down to regionals too because one state didn't have Legion baseball last year because of COVID, and so they gave Montana the champion and the runner-up last year. So even when we lost, we went down there. It wasn't super fun, but. This year, um, we're really happy just to be going back. You know, get uh, just get to play more baseball. We got a big group of seniors, and we're just happy to keep playing together. And it's they do a great job down there. It's a great tournament. Well, more baseball is always a good thing. And congratulations to you, your teammates, your coaches, and uh, your parents, and everybody else that had a hand in this. Lance Schaff, yeah. the American Legion AA Tournament MVP joining us here on Nuana's Now the Billings Royals, the AA State Champions, 
from Montana, American Legion Baseball, headed to the Northwest Regional Tournament. Wednesday, Gillette, Wyoming, they take on the Gillette Riders in the first round. Lance, congratulations on all your success, and the best of luck yep. in Wyoming. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yep. Hey, thank you for having me. There you go. MVPs galore. What a fun show today, man. We got some good guests, some good questions, some good talking points. That's what we try to do best every day here at Nuanas Now. I got some more questions. Of course, this is what happens. You know, we have this plan to have this long and broad and, you know, outside the box conversation. And then yours truly, the host of this show, gets stuck on one topic and I can't stop wanting to hash it out. But that's exactly what I want to do. More Big Sky Conference talk, more Eastern Washington talk to take you home here on your Monday. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. I sometimes play songs on this show that remind me of Guitar Hero, and then I wonder to myself, do people still play Guitar Hero? I mean, that Weezer song's too good to just be categorized as just a Guitar Hero song. I mean, that's a great song. That's a great alternative album. But if you still play Guitar Hero, or you even have just a, a recognition that people still do, tell me. Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Coming to you here on your Monday. Missed anything in the show? You can always find it. Nuana's now podcast on all of your podcast hosting platforms. Thanks to the M Store, the Advocates, Sports Bet Montana, and the Montana State Bookstore for their continued support of the Nuana's Now podcast. We have the Montana Football Hour we heard from Kaylee Ayat, newest Grizz football commit. We talked some Eastern Washington, heard from Aaron Best, kept on talking Eastern Washington. We also heard from Lance Schaff of the Billings Royals, the recent state champions of Montana American Legion Baseball. Uh, you can find all of it uh, on the pod. Andrew, I know I always do this, so I apologize. And I also apologize for wake, wasting so much paper uh, planning outlines in which we don't do half of. That's why they created copy and paste, though, because I just, you know, I roll them over the next day. It's a, it's a moving target. But we got stuck on Eastern Washington. We're gonna, I have another one more question about Eastern in a minute. But I had prompted us to have a blindside, so I'm sure you had at least one blindside question for me. This is a game we play around here where we don't really prompt each other what we're going to ask each other, just talk broad sports questions. So what, what do you got for me? Or what did you have for me that we were supposed to do at the top of the hour? Well... I had a couple, and you're going to get stuck on this, and we're not going to get back to Eastern Washington. (laughs) Uh, This would be good practice for me. I'm going to be brief. But. (laughs) I took the breaks early even so we could have 10 minutes. I thought we were were right on it (laughs) after the first segment. I thought we were going to be so late after that one because we were talking Grizz and Cats, fall camp and stuff, and we hit that one just about right. Yep, yep. Here we are. Downhill from there. Okay. The championship game of the basketball tournament. Do you know what that is? Uh, is, is this the three-on-three? Three? Not the three-on-three. Three. Okay. The full full five-on-five. Five. Yeah. It's, it's for a, a cash money. Is this correct? I believe for a million dollars. One million dollars. Yes. And uh, there's various teams. Ice Cube has a team, right? Yeah, but general. Okay. The championship game is tomorrow. It's uh, six p.m. Mountain. These uh, okay. two teams are playing for a million-dollar prize. Okay. But there's a lot of these teams that are built up of alumni of various colleges. Okay. 
So here's my question for you. Not okay. a college, but if the Big Sky had a team, yes. the Big Sky Ballers, yep. whatever, yep. you're the GM, yep. who are you picking? And anybody in the history of the Big Sky is up for grabs. No, I think it would have to be from the last decade. So guys, oh, so guys, who pre- that, guys pres- that could play in presumably this. still could play in the tournament. Oh, okay, but they don't. okay, okay. So we'll say we'll say like the last fifteen years, right? Sure. Because one of the picks would be Rodney Stuckey, and I think that you know probably late thirties Rodney still play. Stuckey yeah, could yeah, probably yeah. still play in this. So, so I, I, so I think my backcourt would be definitive. I think that there's no question. And am I just picking a starting lineup or do I get a couple bench guys as well? Give me – so the rotations in this tournament I think are shorter than regular NBA teams, but give me like three guards, three wings, three bigs, and that gives you a nice little nine-man rotation. All right, so here's what I'm doing in typical Big Sky Conference fashion. For those that forget, the Big Sky Conference was the first Division One league to introduce the three-point shot. I think it's as defined by the three-point shot as any league – in the country has been in terms of how it's impacted the play. For example, Larry Kristoviak never went to the NCAA tournament because of the three-point shot. Like a low-seeded Bobcat team knocked Larry Kristoviak out during his either junior or senior years because of rain and threes. But as far as contemporary guys, I'm building my team based on shooting. My starting backcourt is going to be Damian Lillard, who was an all-NBA player for the Portland Trailblazers out of Weber State. Rodney Stuckey, who was a, uh, a first-round draft pick, a lottery pick by the Indiana Pacers, played 10-plus years in the league. I actually think I'd probably play Stucky at the three because he's 6'5", and he's pretty pretty, uh, pretty hardy. Then uh, my two-guard, I'm, I'm getting Andre Spite from Northern Colorado because he's a straight sniper. He can do it off the dribble. He can also do it off the catch. And then my first guy off the bench, my reserve guard, my defensive specialist, is going to be Will Cherry from uh, the University of Montana. I'm also going to throw in, though, my backup point guard is going to be Ahmad Rory from the Grizz. And I'm also going to – this is actually crazy. I think I would have several Grizz guys off the bench. But I think Anthony Johnson would have to be right there as well as sort of my six-man Jamal Crawford-style scorer off the bench. My center, man, that's a really good one. I I think that my starting center is going to be Brian Qualley from the Grizz. And then his backups, I'm going to have two – Backups. I'm going to have Joel Ballenboy. He can come off the bench to play the four and the five out of Weber State. And I'm going to have, oh, man, I just had it, and now I just lost it. Who's going to be my other backup big? Uh, oh, I'm going to have Jake Wiley coming off my bench, too, out of Eastern Washington, because I think he could play three through five for sure. Oh, and then I, my other backup is going to be last year's Big Sky MVP. That's Jabril Bello. So I, I, I'm, li- I'm liking my squad here. I don't really have a true three-man, maybe Bogdan Blizniuk from, from Eastern Washington would be a good option there at the three. But I do think I could play Stucky and Anthony Johnson in small lineups at the three. But I like my front court with Brian Qualley, Joel Ballumboy, um, and Jabril Bello, and Jake Wiley. I like my back court with Lillard, Stucky, uh, Adrian, Anthony Johnson, excuse me, uh, Ahmad Rory, and Will Cherry. It show, all of this conversation shows you exactly the haves and have-nots in the big sky, right? I mean, I'm picking – all I'm doing is thinking of the guys from the the three best teams over the last 15 years. You could pick a team just straight up from Weber, Montana, and then pick one of Montana State or Eastern. Right. Yeah, And the only real guys that have any chance are Andre Spite and Jordan Davis from Northern Colorado and uh, maybe Quentin Hooker and Geno Crandall from North Dakota. Mm. And, and, and that's about it. 
I mean, there might be some Portland State guy, Holland Woods, might be able to get it, but I'm not taking Holland Woods over any of those Grizz guards I just named, or Lillard or Stuckey. So, I don't know. Good question. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Just a couple minutes left. Uh, I want to ask you one more about Eastern Washington. Eastern, as we mentioned, seven different quarterbacks have won 11 different Big Sky Conference MVPs over the last 20 years. The quarterbacks have gotten a ton of credit. Uh, It's always been sort of assumed that they're just going to have the next guy, whether it was Gage Gubrud coming after Vernon Adams or Eric Berrier coming after Gage Gubrud. Vernon Adams coming after Bo Levi Mitchell. I mean... To put it in perspective, Matt Nichols was the most productive quarterback in the history of the league, and then they lost him and won a national championship the next year. That's how productive they've been at quarterback. But I also think that Eastern Washington has had a flat offensive juggernaut over the last 20 years. If you were to power rank the positions that are available on an offensive side of the ball football team, Eastern Washington has a top three offensive line over the last twenty three or after the last twenty years. Excuse me. The only real competitors in that uh, conversation are Montana, Montana State. Eastern Washington's had top three running backs. They've had no question the best group of receivers, and they've had top three tight ends. So, overrated, underrated, or just right, the amount of credit Eastern Washington's quarterbacks receive for how offensively productive they've been over this twenty year run. Oh, good question. I think it's more. I think it's more right than horribly overrated or underrated. Actually, I think it's right too. But I also think that all of the guys that we just named get a lot of credit, and they don't. The, the, a part of the narrative hasn't been that those guys haven't been running for their lives. Like the the, the stability right. of the offensive line has made it so all the rest of those things can thrive. If you can have a, a, a consistent quarterback who can be a two and three year starter because he doesn't get hurt because he doesn't get beat up, that then caters to all the receivers. That then caters to everybody else. So I, I agree with you. I think the quarterbacks are properly rated. The offensive line and running backs are underrated. Right. The receivers have been the best in the in the history of FCS football. I mean, there's no question about it. When you it's have, impossible to overrate it, that group. It's impossible to overrate when you have two NFL starters on the same team. It's crazy that they didn't win the national championship. I mean, you guys all watched it. Cooper Cup's the best player in the NFL towards the end of the year last year. And this dude, it's not like he's a late bloomer. I mean, he was 10 for 180 and two touchdowns every single Saturday of his entire college career. I mean, his 80 touchdown catches, I think, is the is the most mind-blowing offensive record in the history of college football. I really think that. You're not going to have a guy with 450 catches and 80 touchdowns probably ever again. That said, you can't overrate the, the receivers. You're right. I do think that the... The offensive line and running backs, though, have been slightly underrated. They, they've had part of the thing that's made a lot of the quarterbacks good has been their ability to sneakily run the ball, and part of that has been their offensive line is not just a pass-set, pass-pro offensive line. They've been really good in all facets of the game. I mean, that's the thing about Eastern is they're averaging 550, 600 yards of total offense a game. But guess what? When they're at their best, and this is from the DNA of their head coach and Aaron Best right now, They're running for 200-plus a game, too. That's where they just smash you is when they run 80 plays a game, but they still run it at you 35 to 40 times, and they got great running backs like Sam McPherson and Quincy Forte and Taiwan Jones 
and all these other guys. So I would say offensive line slightly underrated, running backs incredibly overrated at Eastern during this last 20-year run. Underrated, you mean? Exactly. Slightly underrated for the offensive line, massively underrated for the running backs, certainly. That's right, and it's all, but it's such a hard question to deal with because it's just the entire offensive ecosystem, right? How right. much of the you know so many chicken and egg questions? How many? Sure. How much of the running back success is due to the fact that they always have a guy on the outside that you have to double or he's winning? How much of the how much of the quarterback success is due to that? You know, it's just it's it's tough to tell. They've been really good. I, I guess that's all to say that maybe we shouldn't do an overrated, underrated anything. We should just confirm that Eastern Washington has been, as their head coach Aaron Best always says, the juggernaut of offensive football at the football championship subdivision. That's right, and it sort of, uh, you know, makes a moot point out of all of this talk about Gunnar Talkington a little bit, too, because they're going to have great wide receivers next year. I think their running backs are going to be very good, too, and I think their offensive line is probably going to be pretty good, too, and when you have all of that there's a lot of success, potential success set up no matter who is behind center. That's that's exactly right. The, the ability to have unwavering stability along the offensive line is really, really hard to over to, to overstate. And there still is, even though we've been several years now into Aaron Best being the head coach of his alma mater, we're not going to know until right about now what quarterback and skill player development and recruiting is like at Eastern under Coach Best. One place, though, I won't say is going to have a fall off, or I guess one place where we don't have any question marks is Aaron Best is one of the best in the country at identifying offensive linemen and molding those guys. That is his bread and butter. I mean, he's the one that put Jake Rogers and Clay DeBoer and Aaron Neary in the NFL. I mean, you know, Michael Roos, all those guys were recruited by and developed by Aaron Best. So if you have stability on the offensive line, you got a chance. They just got to keep their heads above water when they're playing at Florida and at Oregon and playing the Cats at home and all these different things. Fun talk today. Missed anything in it? You can always find it on the podcast. We will be back at it tomorrow at 4 p.m. All sorts of fun talk coming at you. In the meantime, have yourself a wonderful Monday evening. And we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.